sound kitchen. Mmm, yummy. It's the sound kitchen. Ooh, that sounds delicious. And you're listening to the sound kitchen. Mm, yummy. And Susanna Wexby is cooking. Kiss on the hand may be quite continental, but diamonds are a girl's best friend. Bienvenue and welcome to the Sound Kitchen, where you never know what you'll be served. I'm Susan Owensby. It's Saturday, the 15th of October, the 288th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are just 77 days until we start in on 2023 which will be a good year, I have ordered it. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. There may come a time when a lass needs a lawyer, but diamonds are a girl's best friend. There may come a time when a hard-boiled employer thinks you're awful nice, but get that ice or else no dice. There was a letter in the Sound Kitchen mailbag this week from Jayanta Chakrabarty of New Delhi, India. Jayanta and I have a lively correspondence recently about Western countries who looted their colonies and have kept those treasures in their museums or their crowns. Here's Jayanta's letter. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Stash those rocks in your strong box for on them. Soon after the sad demise of Britain's Queen Elizabeth II, the focus has fallen on the Kohinoor diamond, crested as the brightest gem in the Queen's crown. Considered colonial loot, India has rightly demanded its return. Mined in the Golconda mines in the state of Andhra Pradesh thousands of years ago, this priceless 105.6 carat, formerly 186 carat, weighs 21, 12 grams, and its estimated value is over 400 million U.S. dollars. This most expensive gem has an unfortunate history of changing hands between infamous bloodthirsty rulers like Mughal Emperor Shah Jahan and Nadir Shah of Central Asia. After decades of fighting, in 1813 it was returned to its true owners, the Sikh rulers of Punjab. After the end of the Second Anglo-Sikh War in 1849, the East India Company, led by Lord Dalhousie, tricked the young 10-year-old Sikh ruler Dulip Singh into handing over the Kohinoor after imprisoning his regent mother, Jind Kaur. The Kohinoor was shipped to the British court as a prized possession of Queen Victoria. In 1851, it was displayed at the Great Exposition in London as part of the Crown Jewels. There is worldwide clamor for the return of art treasures stolen from Jewish people by the Nazis and African art held by many different Western countries, but the British shamelessly hold on to its illegal possession of the Kohinoor. This reminds me of the goodwill gesture of the French government, which returned some 26 works of art to Benin in 2021, works that were seized by French colonial soldiers in 1892. Yours sincerely, 
Jayanta Chakrabarty. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. I don't mean rhinestones. Diamonds, 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 diamonds. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Just so you know, listeners, the Koinor has long been a subject of diplomatic controversy. It's not just India. Pakistan, Iran, and Afghanistan have all claimed ownership at various points in time. Currently, the Koinor diamond is in the crown of the late Queen Mother and on display in the Jewel House at the Tower of London. This is the Sound Kitchen. I've got my colleague Sweet Fitz, also known as Michael Fitzpatrick, here with me. Glad to be along. Thank you for having me. Michael's here to help with your delicious sound kitchen ingredients. Your answers to the bonus question on the listener's corner. There are new listeners to welcome and some good music coming your way, too. But first, the quiz. On the 17th of September, I asked you a question about our article, French Director Receives Two Awards for Debut Film at Venice Festival. Earlier that week, Frenchwoman Alice Diop won the Silver Lion for her film Saint-Omer at the Venice Film Festival. Saint-Omer not only won the Silver Lion, it also won the Best First Film Award. Alice Diop has, up until now, specialized in documentaries. In 2017, she won a César, the French Oscars, if you remember, for Best Short Film. And that was your question. What was the name of that documentary? Michael, want to give the answer? Well, that's what I'm here for. So, of course, the film was called Vers la tendresse, or Towards Tenderness. Diop said she had used, as we noted in our article, and I quote, a seemingly sordid news item to question something much broader, which is the relationship that all women and men have with motherhood, end quote. Well, in addition to the quiz question, there was, of course, the bonus question. What three things would you not take with you to a desert island? You'll hear the answers later on in the show on Listener's Corner, so be sure to stay with us. The winners of this week's quiz are... RFI English listener Sajad Hossein from Joypurhat, Bangladesh, who's also the winner of this week's bonus question. Sajad, you are very practical. Sajad said he would not take with him any plants or parrots or fish. Yes, I suppose there would be plenty of those on a desert island. Well, minus the plants, although in my mind's eye, there's always a palm tree. Congratulations, Sajad. The other winners this week are Muhammad Nazim, a member of the International RFI DX Radio Listeners Club in Murshidabad, India, which is our very first official RFI English club. Hello, President Najimuddin. There's Amran Hossein, a member of the Shetu RFI Listeners Club in Naugaon, Bangladesh. Fahim Noor, 
the president of the RFI World United Listeners Organization Club in Nankana Sahib, Pakistan, also known more simply as Wulo. Wulo celebrated its 22nd anniversary this past week. Congratulations, Fahim and Wulo members. Last but not least on the list of winners this week is RFI Listeners Club member Ding Lu from Jingsu Province in China. Congratulations to this week's winners and thanks to each and every one of you who wrote in. You've been reading our articles this week about the petrol woes here in France, distribution depot workers at Total Energies and SOX and Mobil have been on strike and blockaded fuel depots and refineries. That means the petrol is not getting to the pumps. You should see the lines of cars at service stations, the ones that still have gas. Boy, am I glad I don't have a car anymore. Amongst our articles, you'll find them all on our webpage, rfienglish.com, under the tab France. You'll see one written by our very own Sweet Fitz. In his article, No Relief in Sight for French Motorists as Strike is Extended, Michael noted that the workers are asking for, and I quote, a 10% salary hike retroactive for the year 2022. Like other major oil companies, Total Energies has seen its profits soar as energy prices skyrocket during the war in Ukraine. End quote. The question this week comes from another one of our articles, French government ready to intervene to break fuel depot strike. Reread that article and answer me this. How much is the reduction per leaguer that was granted to the public by Total Energies, but is due to expire on the 1st of November? Again, reread our article, French Government Ready to Intervene to Break Fuel Depot Strike, and tell me by how many cents per liter Total Energies lowered their costs at the gas pump, which is set to expire on the 1st of November. You'll find a link to the article on the Sound Kitchen page on our website, as well as on the Sound Kitchen and Club's Facebook pages. Michael, what's this week's bonus question? Well, this is one that'll get under people's skin. What irritates you the most? What drives you absolutely mad? Makes you grit your teeth with impatience that it, whatever it is, will be over and right now. So the question is, what irritates and annoys you the most? And anybody who says they hate my part of Sound Kitchen <laughs> will be barred for life. So watch out. <laughs> What bothers me, what irritates, annoys me the most? I, I'm sad to say there are actually many things that annoy me, but I am really completely and absolutely annoyed when my husband can't find something and asks me where, 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 when it is almost always right in front of his face. That appears to be a man thing, though. I once heard my sister-in-law say to her husband, since when are the eyes able to move things when you are trying to find something as he stood staring helplessly into a drawer? How I laughed, although she was pretty annoyed herself right then. Of course, you never annoy your wife that way, do you, sweet bits? Well, just in case she's listening, I better admit that the number of ways of annoying a wife, particularly my wife, is as complicated 
That's quantum physics. God help us. <laughs> so what annoys you the most off the top of your head? Oh, without any doubt, rudeness on the road, in the office, at home. Why can't we be a bit more polite? You have until the 7th of November to get your answers in. Be sure to tune in on the 12th of November to see if your answer wins a prize. As always, be sure you include your postal address with your postal code. And don't forget to let me know if you are a miss, a miss, a missus, or a mister. I don't want to get it wrong. Send your quiz answers to english.service at rfi.fr. That's english.service at rfi.fr. You can also text your answer to the Sound Kitchen mobile phone. Dial plus 336-3112-9682. That's plus 336-3112-9682. Always include your postal mailing address, and if you have one, your RFI Club membership number. This is the Sound Kitchen. Sound, Sound Kitchen. Kitchen. And Susan Owensby's cooking. Time for the Listener's Corner. Take it away, Michael. Well, today you'll hear the answers to the bonus question, which was, what three things would you not take to a desert island? Father Stephen Wara would not take a blanket, a sweater, or a water bottle. He wrote, A desert island would probably be already hot enough, so I'd have no need for anything to keep warm. Radkarishna Pillai would not take any plastics, cosmetics, or tobacco. And there'd be no tobacco for Muhammad Aksan either. Muhammad also wouldn't take alcohol or video games. The same goes for Karuna Kantapal. No cigarettes, no lighters, no alcohol and no wooden clothes. You guys are right. A fine opportunity to give up nasty cigarettes. But me, I sure would want a good glass of wine from time to time if I were stuck all alone on a desert island. Well, Sally Likan would not be taking any money, credit cards or bank checks. Uh, Rashid Uzzaman would not take a camera, a watch or his passport. And uh, Jobayanda Akhtar Jai would leave his TV, his computer and his mobile phone at home. The same goes for Tasneem Sally. She wouldn't take her laptop, her mobile, or her radio. What? Tasneem, no radio? That would mean no sound kitchen. How would that be possible? Tasneem's sister, Tatya, said she wouldn't take pen, paper, or pencil. But you would take a football, right? Said al-Islam wouldn't take a book, his mobile, or his headphones. Wow, Saidul, no book? I'd want the fattest book ever. War and Peace, maybe. Abdul Saleh wouldn't be taking a washing machine, a dishwasher, or a refrigerator. And Rabia Begum wouldn't take food, water, or a bed. I suppose she'd be hoping to live off the land. Rahin Ali wouldn't bother with toothpaste, a toothbrush, or mouthwash. He wrote, these three things I personally feel ugly to do, as well as... Well, I'm a little bit lazy. Hmm. 
Rahan, my sister is a dentist. I hope she is not listening. If she is, she'll come right on over to your house and fuss at you. She'll tell you you'll really feel ugly when your teeth turn black and fall out. Now, Rajia Khatun is a woman after my own heart. She would not take a frying pan, a microwave oven, or a kettle because, as she wrote, I am exhausted with daily cooking, so in this period, I would not want to cook. Amen, Rajia. My husband changed jobs about three months ago, and he really loves it, and I'm very, very happy for him. But I'm also very, very happy for me. He's gone for one week every three weeks, and I don't have to cook. It's such a nice little holiday. Sister Shahanaj Parvin Sati assumes the reason she would be stranded on a desert isle would be because, and rightly so, she'd been traveling and there was a mishap. So she said she wouldn't take scissors, a nail cutter, or a knife, because not only, as she noted, are those her favorite things, but they would have been confiscated anyway if she tried to board an airplane with them. Shahanaj, I lost a tiny little Swiss pocket knife my father gave me just that way. This answer comes from a very sweet and serious husband and father, Mohammed Likon. He would not take his wife, his son, or his daughter. Mohammed feels that being stranded on a desert isle would be Islam, which means, as many of you know, submission. Submission, that is, to God's will. And Mohammed Likon is willing to take that test for his family. Sweet. When I was a child, when I asked my mother what she wanted for her birthday, for Mother's Day, for Christmas, she had the same answer every time. Peace and quiet. There were four of us, after all. I imagine we made a lot of noise. This last answer is pretty close to my mother's dearest wish. And it comes from Jayanta Chakrabarti, who may find himself in the doghouse for his answer. The three things I would leave behind, writes Jayanta are my wife and her father and her mother. This way, I hope to live a peaceful and contented existence. This doesn't mean that I'm unhappy with my present setup. It's just that I want to get away from the monotonous routine of having to always please my in-laws. But I'm not sure how long my freedom will last. In all probability, they would invade the island in a short time and drag me back to where I belong. Well, Giantha, be thankful they don't dump you out in the street. And of course, this is all a bit of a joke because Susan was in contact with Giantha Chakrabarti, warning him of the dangers of our reading such a letter out on the air. And he said, Dear Susan, that write-up was a real fun to be taken with a pinch of salt. It's sure to tickle the conscience of certain right-minded ladies. But I hope my wife never listens to this. Well, we hope so, too. Good luck, Gianta. <laughs> That's it for today's Listener's Corner. Hey, everyone, any suggestions for bonus questions? Send them right on in. Before we go, there's a bit of listener news. Three new members of the RFI Listener's Club. There's Sufian Babu Sma from Murshidabad, India, and two new members from Rajbari, Bangladesh, Shovan Hassan and Tahamina Yasmin, who both heard about the Sound Kitchen from faithful RFI Listener's Club member Shaun Hossein. Thanks, Shaun. Welcome, Sufyan, Shovan, and Tahamina. I look forward to seeing your quiz responses and your bonus question answers every week and reading your posts on the RFI Listeners Club Facebook page. 
Thanks, everyone, for participating, and a special thanks to Sweet Fitz for hanging out in the kitchen with us. You're so welcome. Hello, I am Aros, and you are listening to The Sound Kitchen on Radio France International. Okay, my friends, it's time to clear the table and wash the dishes. Thanks for joining us in the Sound Kitchen, and keep those cards, letters, emails, and text messages coming. Many thanks to Laurie Plisson for mixing the show. Thanks to Michael Fitzpatrick for sitting in, and thanks to you for listening. Be sure and tune in next week for the answer to the question about that moldy, stinky, wonderful French cheese, Roquefort. The Sound Kitchen podcast is ready for you every Saturday on the RFI English website, rfienglish.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Susan Owensby. Be well, do good work, be kind, and stay in touch. And stay safe, my friends. Erwan's off this week, so it's music from Susan. I'll play for you a piece of music by the great, irreplaceable, divine, remarkable, can you tell I rather like her, South African singer, songwriter, and social activist Miriam Makeba. She's known as Mama Africa and was among the first African musicians to receive worldwide recognition and to tell the West about the cruelty of the South African apartheid political system. In fact, she was not allowed to return to South Africa from a concert tour in the U.S. in 1960, thus beginning 30 years of exile from her home. She returned on her French passport, no longer possessing a South African one, in 1990, when the ban on the African National Congress and other anti-apartheid organizations was reversed and Nelson Mandela was released from prison. Although Miriam Makeba is best known for her songs in her native tongue, Zoxa, Mama Africa also sang songs from Latin America, Europe, Israel, and other African countries. One of these songs is probably one of my favorites, Forbidden Games. The lyrics were written by the Belgian-born Marcel Stelman and the music by the great Spanish guitarist Narciso Yepes. She recorded it in 1963 on an LP I own and moved with me to France. I love it that much. I hope you do too. Talk to you all next week. Though it's forbidden for my arms to hold you And though it's forbidden my tears must have told you That I Secretly each time we meet In these forbidden games that I play Though it's forbidden in dim quiet places To capture the rainbows my aching heart chases My bitter sweet ecstasies come to me Forbidden games that I play Everyone knows you belong to another Spinning your magic for her And no other's been content To be part of this fantasy Part of this game that I play
forbidden and you love me never I'll keep my love hidden and love you forever through countless eternities you will be mine in these forbidden games that I play everyone knows you belong to another I'm 